Thanks for listening to the Courageous Church Podcast. We want you to know that wherever you are, God is with you. We hope this message leaves you feeling loved, encouraged, and courageous. We thank you for tuning in. Courageous Church, courageous people. And now, here's today's message. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this a, a, a different title because I just really feel led that you don't just need a couple points. You need 10 good points about how to date in God's way. And so today I'm talking to the people in the room who said, I'm tired of doing it the world's way. I want to date God's way. I want to set myself up to date God's way. And so if you're single or if you are dating, this word is for you today. And I really want you to take some good notes. All my married people are going to shout me down because they're going to be like, see, amen. That's good stuff, pastor. Tell them what they need to know. And so today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to you guys from the subject, from the subtitle, I would say, The Ten Commandments of Dating to Marry. Didn't get no amens right there. I, got, I had one person say, ooh, I'm going to try it again. Today, I'm going to be teaching you guys from the subject matter, The Ten Commandments of Dating to Marry. Come on now. That's what I'm talking about. I know y'all were excited about this word today. Let's pray and let's get started. Father, I thank you so much. Speak, breathe on this word. Amen. Let's go. You don't have to pray long when you live close to the throne. Amen. Especially when you had a baby dedication before you preached. So it's all good. We're going to condense all the time that we can and we're going to get right to it. Well, listen, this word, like I said today, is for every single person in this room. And uh, I want to say this to you guys. I just want to put this disclaimer out there. Uh, My wife and I have been doing ministry for, my goodness, 17 going on 18 years. And most of that time before we came to Courageous Church was dealing with young adults and people who were in the dating scene. And so we have a lot of experience with coaching people who are dating, coaching people into marriage, okay? I think we have seen, if I'm not mistaken, my wife and I probably have done maybe 15, 16 weddings, something crazy like that. It's been nuts. We got this thing, though, like, when you come around us, you're going to want to get married because we've been married going on 21 years. Come on, somebody. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to get to the jewelry store when we get out of here so I can make sure I'm right for Valentine's Day. Hello, somebody. Yeah, bang, bang in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yeah, but, but we've learned some things over the years that I really want to share with you guys that I really think you guys will be able to value. Now, I did this message 10 years ago in my young adult ministry, and I had to remix it, and I had to change half the points coming out at you this time because some of the things have changed in the world that we live in, and so society has changed, so I had to go and change some of these points to match the society that we live in today. And so I want to give you some really good points. Now, I promise you, I'm not trying to break you up with your, with your cutie booty. I'm sure you got the right one. Amen. You got the right one, baby. Uh-uh. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I apologize. I didn't mean to say it like that. But, but I am saying I'm going to give you some really good things to think about today. It's going to feel very practical. I'm going to give you some biblical scripture behind it. But I'm going to give you 10 really good things to think about if you plan on dating to marry. Now, let me say this to you, too. I think Christians should date to marry. Let me say that again. I think Christians should be dating to marry. I do not think that we should date like the world dates. I do not, do not think you should be test driving cars to see if it fits, to see if it works, to see if it's going to be what you want. No, that's not how you do that. You are dating to be married. That means that I'm looking for a husband or I'm looking for a wife. I ain't got time to be playing around with no boyfriends, no girlfriend stuff, little high school things, this, that, and the other. You are grown and you are Christian. You are loving God and you are ready to move on with your life. That means that you want to do it God's way. If you want to do it God's way, you you want a date to find your spouse. Somebody say amen. amen. 
So since we're all in agreement, let's get into these Ten Commandments of dating to marry. Number one, thou shall not date anyone that is not marriage material. Ooh. Let's just start. Can we go there? Let's just start there. Uh, 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 do you know what you're looking for when you're dating? Do you know what your, your, what your requirements are? What, what are your, what, what's on your list of needs for you that you're looking for in a potential husband or a wife? Because I believe that that helps you to find what you're looking for. And, you know, the Bible never tells you to find a girlfriend. Did you know that? Y'all don't believe me? The Bible never says find a girlfriend, find a boyfriend. Let me tell you what the Bible does say. The Bible says this in Proverbs 18 and 22. It says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor with the Lord. First of all, let me just say this to you. Every man in this room that is not married yet, every man in this room that may be dating someone, you still haven't discovered the level of favor that you're going to walk in until you actually say, I do, and make that woman a wife. When you get a wife, the Bible says that you get access to a whole nother level of favor. So I just need you to understand that that's what happens because he who finds a good thing, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Now, notice it doesn't say he who finds a girlfriend finds a good thing. Notice it doesn't say he who finds a cutie booty finds a good thing. Notice it doesn't say he who finds a baby mama finds a good thing. Notice it doesn't say he who finds Tatiana finds a good thing. Amen. Let's make the criteria clear that you're looking for a wife, that you're looking for a husband. So that means that they have to have husband or wife uh, 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 characteristics before you entertain them, before you get into uh, this engagement where you're looking at possibly dating to marry. They need to look like they could be a potential husband one day. They need to look like they could be a father one day. They need to look like they can keep a full-time job all the time. They need to look like they might have decent credit. They need to look like they might be able to pay some bills. They need to look, see, all oh, this is husband and wife stuff. We're not talking girlfriend, boyfriend stuff. We're talking grown folks stuff, amen? And so you need to know that you're looking for marriage material, not just a good time. You're looking for someone to spend the rest of your life with, not tonight with. Oh, I didn't say that in the first service. <laughs> and let me say this to you. Learn to move on quickly once you find out that they're not marriage material. Stop kicking the can down the street. Oh, maybe the Lord might touch their hearts. Maybe they might change their ways. Maybe they might be a little different in three months. No, boo, you get what you get. My wife has a great saying. She says, you got to believe people when they tell you who they are. Stop trying to negotiate someone to be something that they showed you that they're not. Uh, number two, let me go to the next one because y'all already mad at me. I feel it. Number two, thou shalt take your time. Let me say it slower. Thou shalt take your time. Now, this is interesting because, uh, let me read another scripture to you. Luke chapter 2, verse uh, 12, verse 2, it says, For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. What, ha what is he speaking of here? He's speaking of what happens over time. In time, nothing is hidden. In time, everything will be known. So I'm telling you, when you're dating someone, it is smart. I'm sorry, I need to stick to this. Dating to be married. 
All right. I'm talking to a different group of people. I'm talking to the folks who are tired of playing games and are are serious about being with someone who's serious about being married, who's who's, who's seriously trying to be someone's spouse. Hello, somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking wife goals. I'm talking I'm talking husband stuff here. And so so what happens is, is when you get in a situation like this and you start dating someone, there's three stages of time that I want to introduce you to that I've kind of named myself. Now, this is not in the Bible. This is Pastor Ontario. This is my advice based on years of experience seeing people date. And so zero to six months is is a stage that I call new boo, nostalgia. Everybody say new boo, boo. nostalgia. Nostalgia. Y'all saying big fancy words. Look at y'all, boy, y'all impressive. I'll give y'all a microphone, let you come on stage. So new boo, nostalgia is that stage of dating in a relationship where no one can make a mistake. Everyone looks good. Breath smells great in the morning. Everything looks good. You wearing your best outfit. You putting on your best stuff. You got your best. You never listen. Face of makeup is is flawless. Uh, what they what the, what the folks say? The girls say now face on beat. Y'all got the face beat. How's that, am I saying that right? Somebody help me, please. Pastor's out here in the territory. He doesn't belong in. Am I saying it right, babe? Face beat. No, that's not how you say it. My wife just said that's not how you say it. Y'all can send me an email later. Please explain how I should say that. But you know what I mean. Everything is right. Everything is together. You're always, you're always calculated. You know exactly what you're going to say when you get there. You know exactly how you're going to do it. You know exactly where you're going to go. You know exactly how this thing's going to play out. You know exactly the attitude that you need to have. You practice your responses before you got there. This is all happening in the first six months. In the first six months, you're just enamored with the person and who they are, what they look like, what they smell like. You're just infatuated with the fact that this person is into you and you're into them. These are the types of conversations where you're on the phone and you're talking to each other and it's late at night and it's time to get off the phone. You're like, no, you, you go to sleep. It's time for you to go to sleep. You got to get up in the morning. Okay, no problem. Just leave the phone on so we can just hear each other breathe while we sleep. As a matter of fact, you put it on FaceTime. I put it on FaceTime. I'm going to put it next to the bed and you can watch me while I sleep and you can watch. I watch you while you sleep. And baby, you know, I snore just a little bit. You might get a little snoring action. It's okay. You can snore. I, I'm not going to judge you. I'm all right with snoring. It's okay. You go to sleep. You start snoring. She go to the job the next day. Girl, he was snoring. He loved me so much. Girl, oh my God. A man ain't going to never snore in front of a woman. He don't love, girl. He loved me. New boo nostalgia. Do no wrong. Every corner you turn, everything is great. Right around that six-month to nine-month mark, I call this period truth talk territory. You slip out of new boo nostalgia, and you get into truth talk territory because in that six- to nine-month range is when people start telling you who they really are. You start hearing stuff that doesn't sound like that first three months. You start hearing tones that don't sound like that first three months. You start seeing how he interacts with other women in his family. You notice that he doesn't have a really good relationship with any women in his family. And so now you start, you got to start asking some questions because this seems consistent. Oh, no. Well, what's going on? Why are you not talking to your mama like she your mama? Oh, they, oh, they cuss at mamas in Florida? Is that what they do? I don't know. I didn't know they did that. Um, you, you just, you're just talking crazy to your mama. I said, okay, all right, cool. All right, so you, you start seeing things. You start seeing stuff in the character. Oh, you told a lie. Oh, I caught you in a third lie now. This is down now. We had six months. I didn't caught you lying three or four times now, and we got to do something about this now. Is this your character? This is who you are? Are you showing me something I need to take note of? Because what happens is if you overcommit in the new boo nostalgia stage, you'll mess, you'll mess around, and truth talk territory will start talking to you, and you'll be like, wait a minute. I got to pump the brakes because I thought I had something that I thought I had. I thought I wanted what I got, but when I got what I wanted, I didn't want what I got. Yeah. Yeah. There you 
truth talk territory, six to nine months. Now, the next phase of dating is what I call, it's the nine month to one year range. This is called deal or no deal heal. Now, listen, at about the one year mark, is, is what I'm experiencing and what I'm seeing when we're coaching people and helping people, trying to figure out who their cutie booties are and getting married and saying I do and doing all the premarital stuff. That one year mark tells you a whole bunch about who that person is. You got a good, good, uh, uh, you, got a, you got a good showcase, you got a good folder of information of things that's telling you who this person really is. And so if you've done your job correctly, you've started to pay attention to everything that's going on with the person. You notice that he cuts his hair in the sink and he leaves uh, uh, hair chips in the sink. You, you notice that he does things that, that are weird. You notice that she don't clean up her house anytime you go over there and it's always dirty and she got dishes in the sink. So now you start asking yourself, do I want a woman who don't clean up? Cause I'm gonna have to call a maid to come and clean up because she don't like to clean up, but she look good and I love her and she love me. But you know, so do I want to sacrifice having pay a maid to come in and clean because she ain't going to clean up, obviously. I've come over here many times, ain't clean yet. <laughs> deal or no deal, heal. So now you got a whole body of work to decide what I want to do. And like I said in Luke chapter 12, verse 2, over time, intentions are revealed. Heart is revealed. Character is revealed. And so you don't want to make decisions too fast. And that's why I say thou shalt take your time because your spouse is the only family member you get to choose. Hmm. You stuck with Nuck Nuck and Peanut. They gonna be at the family reunion. They gonna be talking crazy. They gonna embarrass you in front of all your people. That's just what they do, you stuck with them, okay? But your spouse is the one family member you get to choose. So it would behoove you to take your time and choose slowly and choose wisely. Somebody say amen. amen. Number three, uh, thou shall not date to fill voids. I won't spend much time on this one because I think this is pretty self-explanatory. In our church, we talk a lot about counsel. The Bible says that there's safety found in a multitude of counsel. So we tell you, you should be going to counseling. You should have some therapy. You should have some stuff going on to make sure the condition of your heart is well. It's important for you to be healed. It's important for you to be the healthiest version of yourself. Imagine if the best person in the world that God created for you showed up and you hadn't done your work yet. You hadn't done your healing yet. You hadn't gotten on your journey yet. You hadn't done what you needed to do to make sure your heart is in a good place to love somebody and to be loved. This is important for you. See, you got to heal yourself before you reveal yourself. Come on, single people. You got the best opportunity of a lifetime. Do your self-care work. If you know you had some trauma in your childhood, go address that. If you know that you got some issues budgeting, go address that. If you know that you have some issues with character and integrity, go and, go and address that. If you know that you have some problems with, with issues or whatever things that you got, got going on in your personal life, go address that while you're by yourself because it's going to be a lot harder to try to fix it and hide it from the person that you're trying to say I do to. Somebody start snapping. I'll snap back at you. Amen. Yes. Say la, pause. Think about that. We at the Poetry Comedy Club now. I love it. Number four, thou shalt not be unequally yoked. Let me read the scripture that, that, that focuses on this because this is important for you to hear. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. 
is very specific. It says, with unbelievers. Let me read a little further because I didn't get to do this in the first service. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? This is like a false god. Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? Can I tell you something? Please stop trying to missionary date. All of my single people out there, they're going to know the Lord because I know the Lord. I'm going to introduce them to the Jesus in my heart. They're going to know him because I know him. Boo, you ain't going to change that man. Only God can change a man. And if he don't know God through some other way, and you're the only way that he's going to know God, then he's just playing on you anyway because he's acting like he knows God just to get close to you because if he wanted to know God, he would have started in his journey already. If he was in his journey and you're helping him to grow stronger in his relationship, amen. But if he's just getting to go to know God just to get to close to, get close to you, you might want to ask yourself some questions, boo. Are, do, are you in this for the right reason? Is he really saved? You need a Christian partner. You need a Christian partner if you are a believer. You cannot marry someone who worships Buddha or Muhammad if you worship Jesus. Let me ask you a question. You ready? I know y'all sneering. <laughs> He's so mean. <laughs> if you're, let's just say you find yourself on an airplane. They say that the airplane is going down. Oh, oh, see now I got real real up in here. Say the airplane's going down. You're sitting next to your significant other. Which God do you call on to save you? I'll wait. If you call on Jesus and they call on Buddha, how does that work? If you get married and your children are wayward and they have a problem. I remember the other day my, my son had a, a real issue. He was at a baseball game, a, a baseball game, and something happened and he had some kind of issue with his breathing. My wife and I, boy, we was both tearing, boy, we was tearing the freeway up on our way and we were both calling on the name of Jesus, praying, calling out to the Lord. Who do you call on in a time of trouble if you marry someone who serves another God? Who rescues you out of where you are? Because you got to understand who you worship is important. It's important to a relationship. It's important who you read. What kind of Bible are you into? The, do you read the Bible? Do you worship? Are you into these things? This is important. You need to be equally yoked. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And it matters on what degree they're in, too, because sometimes you can be a very, very advanced believer, and, and, and you got to slow down so that they can catch up. Can I say this to you? When you're dating, you should run, Forrest, run. What does that mean? Forrest never stopped running. He never broke his stride in the movie. Every time you saw Forrest running, he was, I got to go say, Baba. <laughs> Forrest ran, and he never broke his stride. Can I tell you something? Woo, thank you, Holy Spirit. Every single person in here that's dating and that's a believer, if you have to break your stride in order to let someone else come into your life, that is not the person God called you to be. You should be... If somebody makes you stop a serving God, if somebody makes you stop worshiping God, if somebody makes you, makes you stop reading your Bible, if somebody makes you stop in your belief of God, that's not the person you need to be with. If you have to slow down in order for them to catch up to you, you ought to be able to run and look to your left and to your right and see who's running with you. Oh, you running this way too? Oh, you at church too on Sunday? Oh, you serving up in here too? Because if we ain't serving, we swerving? Girl, that's the one I'm talking about right there. And you'll find yourself being in a Dan and Jen situation where they'll see themselves serving at Courageous Church and had a pastor doing a wedding. Hello, somebody. Shameless plug. I do do weddings. 
Dan and Jen, y'all in the house, say amen. amen. There you go. Yeah, shameless plug. But don't break your stride. You got to make sure that you're marrying someone who is equally yoked. Number five, thou shalt not value the spirit. Um, thou, thou, thou shalt value the spiritual and mental over the physical. Let me say that again. Thou shalt value the spiritual and mental over the physical. When you, all the babies in children's ministry, we good? We good? Baby's gone, right? Sex complicates things. Sex causes you to see things through a cloudy perspective. Sex will say, that red balloon is yellow. I swear it is. He said it was yellow. If he said it's yellow, then that's what it is. See, because sex makes you overlook some things. Sex puts the cart before the horse. Sex ties your emotions in so deeply that it'll be hard for you to actually uh, um, uh, check the person out to see if they're really for you long term or not. Sex makes you, sex is the closest thing to intimacy, the deepest form of intimacy that human beings can share. And when you have sex, it causes your heart and your soul to connect with a person in such a deep and joining way that it's very difficult for you to walk it back. And now you didn't got down the road and you put, you put sex before getting to know the person mentally and spiritually. And now you want to walk it back and say, I can't go that far anymore. But then you're stuck to them and you're tied to them because you got a soul tie. And now you're trying to pull yourself left and they're trying to pull you right. And it's so difficult to get yourself free from the situation that you know is probably not for you now. And now you want to walk away, but it's so difficult because your heart and your soul is tied to the person because you put sex before everything else. Thou shalt make sure that you put the spiritual and the mental before the physical. If you get to know them and you learn who they are, and you really figure out if they're for you, if you really get to know each other on a deep philosophical level and make sure that there's a mental connection there, if you really make sure that there's chemistry and that there's connection there and that you guys both love the Lord and you guys are both having the same goals and values in life, if you figure all of that out first and then you say, I do, because I think you should wait till you get married. Hello, shameless plug. I believe what the Bible says. <laughs> If you do it that way, I believe God will honor that. And I promise you, thank you, Holy Spirit, the physical will work. Don't you worry. You ain't got nothing to worry about. You ain't got to test drive the car before you buy it. You ain't got to get in the car and drive it before you take it. You don't need no 30-day guaranteed money-back guarantee. You don't need none of that. I promise you, we've done a lot of weddings, and they all say it works once they say I do. I just had to say that for all my people in the room who are like, oh, but what, but what? What if it doesn't? What if it doesn't? No, no, boo. God made you so it all works. It's going to all work the way it should. Amen. All things work together for the good. <laughs> I'm going to get real spiritual on y'all. All right, let me keep going. Number six. Oh, let me say this too about sex. Let me tell you why sex complicates things for believers. Sex complicates things for believers because conviction sets in once you cross that line. And whoo, ain't nothing worse than trying to worship across from somebody you done messed up like that with because now you're trying to figure out, oh, my God, I'm, uh, I messed up with them. I can't lift my hands like I used to because, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a phony. I don't know how God sees me right now. 
And so you got to be careful because when you're a believer, you have this conviction that kicks in and tells you that God's not happy with you doing something like that. And now the person that you're trying to build a relationship with and trying to see if they're a lifelong partner for you to be married to, now you feel bad about the person and it's like anti, like, wait a minute, I feel good, but I feel bad. I feel bad, but I feel good. If loving you was right, I don't want to be wrong. You know, my mind's telling me no, but my body's telling me yes. You can see... And you got this situation going on on the inside that just complicates things and makes it difficult for you to filter through whether that person is for you. And so you want to be careful with putting the physical before everything else. It's like putting the cart before the horse. Number six, thou shalt not dump the creator for there shall thou shalt not dump the creator to create. To, I'm sorry, let me say that again. Slow down. Thou shalt not dump the creator to date the created. Write that one down. That's a good one. You need that one. I feel like somebody needs that in their life. Thou shalt not date, date, dump the creator to date the created. So this is easy, right? Like you're like, man, this is easy. This is, this is, this is easy to see. I'm not making anybody an idol in my life. I know what Exodus chapter 20 verse 3 says. It says, you shall not have no other gods before me. It says, you shall not have any other gods before me. I know I'm not going to make them an idol in my life. But the truth is, is if you start worshiping them more than you worship him, then they become an idol. What do I mean by worship? When you start praising them more than you praise God, when you start reading text messages from them more than you read the scriptures from God, I want to help you because oftentimes we will idolize people that God bring in our lives and they're not made to be idols. They're made to, they're made to be uh, enjoyment and fulfillment in our lives, but they're never made to take the place of God. And oftentimes we pray for things that we put in the way of God who we pray to. Oh, God, send him, Jesus. Oh, I'm tired of waiting. Lord, I've been fasting and praying. I started here with 21 days, fasting and praying, Lord. Send him. Hey, Shandayaba, say, send him this year, Lord. Send him this year, Lord. Getting real spiritual with everything. Lord, send you the man. Lord, I'm so grateful you send him. And then when you stop going to church, you stop going to small group, you stop worshiping, you stop reading your Bible because your relationship has become more important to you than a relationship with God, God never intended to bring anyone in your life that you would value and put before him. He is to be worshiped. He is a jealous, the Bible says that he is a jealous God. That means that he will remove anything in your life that will become an idol in your life that will keep you from worshiping him. Don't know why it's not working? Because you might have put him in a position of an idol. You might have put her in a position of an idol. You might even be idolizing your children. Oh, what do you mean, pastor? I mean that when you let your children decide that they're going to do things outside of getting to know God and putting everything else a priority other than them knowing God. Knowing God is important. Nothing should stop them from being able to get to church or learn who God is. And when we allow their schedules and things that are happening in their lives to dictate whether or not we serve God, whether or not we worship God, whether or not we, 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 we read, whether or not we, 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 we do stuff to bring ourselves closer to him, then we can idolize our children that are a gift from God. It's like this. You ready? God first, your spouse or your husband second, 
your children actually are third. Hear me? Hear me? Children third on the list. And then everybody else after that. And so God should always be the first priority. And what you're doing is you're modeling priorities to your children. You're showing your children. It don't matter what time you got in Saturday, we going to church. Uh Uh-huh. You're going to get your tail up. And we're going to be ready to go to church. I'm going to get you some coffee. I'm going to get you some no-dos. We're going to be good. You're going to be up in that house because you're going to worship some Jesus today. Oh, if you can go out on Saturday, you can go worship on Sunday. Uh Uh-huh. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, you shall be in children's church. You're going to be up in there because Pastor Crystal got a great lesson ready for y'all over there, and she always have it hot and ready for y'all. She's going to have them snacks on board, too. She's going to be ready for you. Don't worry. No, no, we got you. Come on with it. No, it's all right. Yeah, I know you just got the soccer game. We're going to church right now because we got to get there. We got to get to the house of the Lord. You see, this is prioritizing God over everything else. Well, you prioritize in church? No, I'm prioritizing God where your children will learn about God. And church is a place where they learn about God. And you got to be careful when you date people who pull you off your path with God, who tell you that church isn't important and that learning about God is important. And they just want you to focus on them and lean into them. That's not how God designed you. It's not how God designed them. And it's not how God designed relationships to be. You got to be careful. You got to be careful that you're paying attention to everything around you. It's important. It's important. It's important. If you, if you stop going to church, reading your Bible, worshiping, or, 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 uh, or, or, or anything related to God, you might be dating a distraction to your destiny. If you worship them more than you worship him, they could become an idol in your life. Number seven, thou shall not ignore the red flags. Danger, Will Robinson, danger. Now, I told you, you ain't going to see nothing in the first six months. Three to six months, no wrong. Everything's right. They look good. They smell good. Breath smells good. Edge up always good. Hair looking good. Everything's good, okay? It's about that six-month mark when you start seeing stuff. You start hearing stuff. You start seeing signs of things. And, and here's the important thing that you have to do once you get past Nubu nostalgia. You'll know, ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit. You'll know you pass Nubu nostalgia when you have your first fight. When you have your first fuss and you fight and you really show yourself, that's how you know you pass Nubu nostalgia. Oh, they ain't, they ain't cutie booty no more. They, they done got on your nerves and made you mad. And you didn't show, you didn't showed yourself now. You're uh-huh. Say it again. What you say? You better not talk to me that way. My own daddy don't talk to me that way. I dare you say it again. Say, say something else. Oh, you know you pass Nubu nostalgia then when you're ready to put them up. But once you get past Nubu nostalgia and they start showing you their character... Believe what they show you. And here's a good one. Start asking questions about the red flags you're seeing. Hey, you just screamed at me for like the third time in the last 30 days. I noticed that your temperament gets a little strong when we're having disagreements. Is this, a, is this something that's normal for you? Oh, you had some trauma as a kid? Have you gone to counseling for that? Because I'm not your counselor. And I don't want you screaming at me, because if you scream at me again, I'm going to have to throw you the deuces. Because we ain't married, and I'm still checking you out, and I'm paying attention to all of the red flags that you're showing me. 
Oh, this is your fourth lie? You, you, you can't still, you still not telling me the truth about your paycheck? Come on. Why are you lying about what you make? Do you think that if I knew what you really made that I wouldn't like you? Couldn't you just tell me the truth? Why, why am I seeing that you're having these inconsistencies about your deposits? You told me that the deposit was this much, but then I found this in your car and it looks different. I wasn't looking for it. It was just sitting in the seat when I sat down like God wanted me to see it. That's how you do it. You blame God. Blame God. Hey, you know, they get real spiritual on you. I knew I had a relationship with the Lord. He showed me what you was up to. Took me right to your phone. Took me six messages down. And I was able to see that you wasn't telling. I knew you wasn't telling the truth. The Holy Spirit told me you wasn't. But I want to tell you, Please don't ignore red flags because red flags can turn into fires later on in life. It's just a, it's a harmless red flag now, but red flags transform into wildfires later if you don't tend to them. And what he's screaming at now and what he's fussing at now could become full-on abuse when you say I do if you don't address that red flag. I'm not saying you have to leave the person, but I am saying that you need to pay attention to the person and ask them to take care of what you're seeing. And if they're not willing to work on what you see, because there's no perfect people out there. All of us have issues. Can I get a good amen right there? I got issues. You got issues. Don't you lie here and sit here and act like you ain't got no issues. We got some issued people up in here right now because you wear this dirt suit. This dirt bag keeps you messed up all the time. This dirt bag makes you act crazy every so often. This dirt bag makes your attitude and your neck start doing this every so often. I know. And so it's important that you ask questions and you drill into these red flags and don't ignore them. People who cruise past red flags end up in accidents. Red means stop. Red means stop. Red means stop and look. Make sure that there's nothing that can bring harm to your life. You got to pay attention to the red flags. Amen? Amen. Uh, number eight. Thou shalt not date if you're not ready to be committed. All my players in the house. <laughs> Holla at you, boy. Play, boy. What's up? We got them girls going, dog. You know, you know how we do it. Ah. Oh, you all, oh, you tied up? <laughs> I got five, six of them on the team, bro. <laughs> And you call yourself a Christian, a believer of Jesus, and you want to treat God's queens like that? And you have a desire to have multiple ones? It's hard enough to manage one. Why would you? Where's my wife? Where's my wife? Oh, good. All right, we good. It's hard enough to manage one. You call yourself having three? Do you understand the heat you put yourself into? You got three possible situations of women discernment kicking in at the same time. And if, if you're really bad, they're going to all find each other and gang up on you. <laughs> you got to be careful that you're not playing with people's hearts and emotions. If you're not ready, just be honest. If you, if you just want to, hey, I'm working on me. This is a season with me and God. 
I just want to take six months to a year to get to know who I am. I want to take six months to a year to work on this thing that I just identified that is in my heart, and I need to go spend some time with a therapist before I really lock myself into a committed relationship because I think that I deserve to be the best version of myself, and I deserve to give anybody else that's going to date me the best version of myself too. So can you just give me some time? Can we just be friends? Can we just go to the movies and not hold hands? Can we just go? Can we go see? Can we go see something? Can we go hang out? Can we go to dinner and you not expect anything? Thing afterwards because I just am not ready to be in a committed relationship yet. You see how easy this is? You got to start talking your feelings out and start being honest with people instead of thinking, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, having such low self-esteem that you just have to figure, you got to figure out how to make it work right now because you just think it's never going to come along again and it's just the opportunity of a lifetime and maybe this is the person that God called me to be with and I'm just going to make it work. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to force it. <laughs> I'm going to put a square peg in a round hole and just, we're going to make that work. No, 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 it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. No, 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 baby, it's all right, it's all right, we're good. Well, I'm going to work on that marriage, I'm going to work on that anger, I'm, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get my money, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to get a job tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not going to go there, I was about to say something. I can say it because I've been doing it. I've been doing it since I've been 19 years old. If he can't pay his bills, he will never be able to pay yours. Check the budget. Make sure that if you're moving towards marriage, that that man can take care of you. I'm old school. I'm traditional. I believe a man is supposed to be able to take care of a wife. I believe that if a wife decides to work, praise God. That's extra. That's beautiful. But it is a man's job to make sure that his house is cared for. His house is safe. His house is nurtured. His children are raised in the things of the Lord. This is biblical. These are men who took care of their women. You never see it the other way around. Now, praise God for the women who do make money. Hallelujah. We're going to have some extra. We're going to count yours. We're going to count mine. And no matter if you make more than me, I'm going to make more. I'm going to make some. You're going to make some. We're going to make some together. Can I get a good amen right there? But sisters, the minimal requirement is full-time job, homie. J-O-B. And I ain't talking about the book of Job. I'm talking some whole car, cold hard cash money, homie. We need to see some dividends coming in this bank account every two weeks. In Jesus' name. If it's once a month, it better be a big lump sum, something. I need to see something coming through here. Ladies, y'all better start asking the right questions. In Jesus' name. Um, I don't know what's going on with me in this 11 o'clock. So, uh, remember, we're looking for marriage material. Marriage material means that you're ready physically, you're ready emotionally, you're ready financially, you're ready spiritually. Okay? That means that I'm healthy enough in all, the, all those areas to say, I'm ready to be someone's wife, I'm ready to be someone's husband. Ladies, don't sit around waiting on somebody to save you. Have your own. Make your own. Go get your own. Provide for yourself. Take care of yourself. Clean up for yourself. Buy your own clothes. Get your own shoes. Take your own self to lunch. All my single ladies in the room, don't wait around and wait for somebody to come take care of you. The best marriages are when both people are working to be the best version of themselves possible. And they come together and they say, I'm going to add my hard work with your hard work. I'm going to add well, what I got with well, what you got. I'm going to add this with you. And then you come together and boy, you become a dynamic force to be reckoned with. Because God can do something with a relationship like that. Amen? Amen. 
I'm not waiting on nobody to save me either direction. I'm making sure I'm the best version of myself because I'm ready to be married and be committed. Number nine, ready? I'm almost there. I'm doing good. Thou shalt ask a thousand questions. <laughs> Write that down. Write that down. That's a good one right there. See, because I told you about these stages of dating, right? You know, you got new boo nostalgia. And so, you know, you start asking some lightweight questions. And I will say that questions do have their timing as well. Certain level of questions are preserved for certain times in the relationship. And so early on, you might want to know, girl, what's your favorite color? Oh, I love, girl, that's my favorite color too. How in the world you got the same favorite color? Like, what, what month you born in? What, girl, I'm born that month too. Girl, we was meant to be. I'm telling you, girl, this is something. Woo! Lord have mercy. Now, what's your favorite place to eat in Tampa? Girl, stop it. I was just there yesterday. Ooh, this might be something right here, boy. We like the same food, got the same birthday month. Ooh, that's new boo nostalgia stage. Moving on to the next stage of questions. So, uh, tell me about your last relationship. <laughs> oh, okay. How about the last three? So, what would your last girlfriend say was, was the biggest issue between you guys. You see, now the questions are starting to get a little harder and it's starting to get more difficult. Uh, so, so, so tell me, you know, is this, do you, have, do you have more than one baby daddy? Is it, okay, cool. That's, that's not a problem. That's not a problem. That's not a problem. Okay, just, okay, cool. Well, explain to me. Tell me how that works. Okay, what's your relationship with those, those baby daddies like? Are they, are they like active in your life? Do they have access to the house anytime they want to come? Do they come in? Any, see, these are the questions you ask when you get a little further into the situation. Now you get into six months to nine months and you start talking about a wife or a husband. Hey, what's that credit score? Hey, how's your debt? How's your debt? How's your debt to income ratio? How much debt do you currently have right now? How much credit card? Now, you got to be honest with me. Tell me the truth. How much credit card debt do you currently have right now? I'm not talking about what you're wishing for. I'm not talking about what you believe in God for taking off and all that kind of stuff and all the stuff you didn't, you didn't, you know, you didn't. No, no, no. Right now where we are, where are we right now? How much money do you make? Can you show me a check stub? Can I, can I, can I see? Do you mind showing me? A, I mean, we're really getting serious, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm talking about giving you my whole life, and you giving me my, your whole life. I just feel like that we shouldn't have anything off limits at this point. We're right here at the door of, uh, of making a decision of you being my husband or you being my wife. So I just think these things are important for us to talk through and for us to see, ask a thousand and one questions. And if something sounds off, ask more questions. Keep pressing. The problem is we stop asking questions after new boo nostalgia and we hit the, the cruise control on question asking because we've just gotten so uh, uh, comfortable with the person and comfortable around the person. You stop asking questions and you should have asked a question that will manifest later in your marriage that you, if you would have asked it up front, you would have known what was going on. And now they, they can't be guilty because you didn't ask them the question and you didn't take the time to really do your research and make sure that that person is really ready to be married to someone like you. You know you can't deal with no liar. You know you can't deal with somebody that can't come alongside of you and at least bring a, a, a X, Y, and Z what you bring to the You know what your expectations are, so you should start asking questions in that direction. Thou shalt ask a thousand and one questions. I added a one to it. A thousand <laughs> plus one. Because you just, it's your decision to make to be with the person you're going to be with one day. When considering someone for marriage, the questions should go deeper, the deeper the relationship gets. And so make sure you're asking the right questions. And last but not least, thou shalt, thou shalt not sell yourself cheap. Thou shalt not sell yourself cheap. 
Hey, put that title graphic back up for me, will you? Ten Commandments of Dating. And Michael, can you come on up, help me out? Thank you, sir. So y'all see these rings here, right? Those some nice rings, some really, really nice rings. And uh, uh, I went to a jewelry store. Uh, I got to get to one before Valentine's Day. My wife not in the room listening. And I praise the Lord. She's not. We're good. Okay, so uh, uh, I, I go to jewelry stores, and uh, I, I usually go maybe once a year. I'm trying to check stuff out, make sure my boo is, is tightened up. You know, that's how we get down. That's how I do. That's what her expectation is. So I hook her up with what she wants. Amen. And so I, I went to a one jewelry store. And they were showing me stuff that was in, in the front area. I mean, you could see it through the glass. And I was saying, let me take a look at that. Let me see that. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Let me, can I take a look at that one? Oh, that's really nice, too. That's nice, too. And so I couldn't really make a decision on anything I was seeing. They said, well, would you like to see our selective pieces? I said, oh, there's more? There's more. And so they take me to the back, in the back where no one can see. And they open up this other room, and there is jewelry in the back that cost more that is more uh, exclusive, and, and this stuff is really nice. It's nicer than the stuff in the display window out front. And so it was interesting because they didn't show me that until they saw that I had value for something that was greater. And so when they took me to the back and showed me the nicest stuff, I said, oh, this, oh yeah, that, ooh, that's, yeah, that's different right there. I haven't seen that one before, that's nice. Cost a little bit more, shined a little bit more. It was really nice, but it was hidden away from the display window. And here's what I wanna tell somebody in the room. Stop putting everything in a display window because the more you put in the display window, you're showing the world everything you have already. Hide yourself. Cover yourself. Make sure that you understand what your value is so that you don't give everything away in the display window. There's some stuff that God is sending in your life that is exclusively for your husband, that is exclusively for your wife. Brothers, put that stuff away. Stop putting things in the display window. Stop putting everything you are out in front of everyone because you have value and your value does not come with what people can see. The value is really in what is hidden. I don't know who I'm talking to in the room, but I want you to understand my single people in the room. You don't have to over display yourself. You don't have to over show your cards. You don't have to over, uh, uh, um, you don't have to show so much of who you are in every way. I'm not just talking about physically. I'm talking about your personality. I'm talking about your personal business. You don't have to put everything out there for people to see because everything is not made for everyone to see. Some things are reserved for those who are going to be closest to you. Stop giving away too much too soon. I need a married person to say amen because I ain't going to get no single people right now to amen me at all. Because what God has for you is for you. Who God has for you is for you. Stand to your feet. I'm closing. Sheesh. Married people, we coming for you next week. Single people, they're going to need your prayers like they had to pray for you today. And so don't worry. We coming for married people. We're going to talk about how to stay in love. My wife and I have been married 21 years. We're going to give you guys some of our secret sauce and uh, what the Bible says as well. We're going, to, we're going to do our best to help as much as we can. We're just going to do our best. Amen? And so we'll do all we can. It's going to be great. But today, I want to pray for our single people. I want to pray for our people who are dating. I want to pray for our people who are, who are, who are chilling, waiting on God to send the person that he has for them. And I want to pray that you have the confidence to keep yourself in a hidden place. Can I say this? I, I, I just want to say this because I just I feel like it's tradition in the Bible. It says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtain favor with the Lord. 
The Bible never says, she who finds a husband. Sisters, let him find you. I just want to speak this to my women. Let him find you, girl. You are worth finding. You are worth him digging and working for. You are worth him doing everything he can to get your attention. You are worth the phone calls that he's going to make to you. You are worth the text messages that he's going to make to you. Stop overextending yourself and let him find you because a husband will come and find you. A boyfriend will make you find him. I don't know where that came from. But I want you to have the confidence, ladies, to let him find you because he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Let him find the good thing. Just remain in a place where you can be found. He'll find you. I promise you. And if he loves you and he likes you, he'll let you know it. There will, thank you, Holy Spirit. There will be no doubt that he's into you. He will pursue you. He will pursue you. He will pursue you because it's in a man's nature to go after what he wants. It, come on, can I get a good amen from my men right there? It's, an, it's, it's every man's nature to chase after what he wants. And if he wants you, he'll come after you in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't give him too much now. I ain't say that. Don't give him too much now. Give him just enough. Amen. Got to get to I do. Hallelujah. This is what I want to do to close this service out. I love that we can have fun in the house of the Lord. I, I had to make you guys laugh today because if not, we'd all been frowning the whole service. So I had to throw some comedy in there to help us out a little bit today. I did my best. Did I do all right, son? Do all right? Good. He said I did good. Yeah. He said, you did all right, dad. You did all right. <laughs> so here's what I'd like to do. If you're a single person in the room, can you just wave at me if you're single or dating? If you're single or dating, wave at your boy. Holla at me. Let me see. Let me see. Don't be scared. Wave. You might listen. Your husband might see you wave your hand right now. He might. There you go. Some sister waved her hand higher. Hey, Shay, don't play, Pastor. Where are you at? <laughs> All right. Help us, Holy Spirit. This is what I'd like to do. All of my married people in the room, let me see. Wave at me with married people. Let me see if I got enough. All right, come on now. I like that. She said, oh, that's my man right here. Uh-huh, he taking ladies. Are oh, you single ladies? How now? He, that mine. That's my sister right there. Engaged too, yes. Amen. Where my, yes. All my married people in the room, I want you to extend your hand towards every single person as closely that you can touch. And I just want us to pray a special grace over them. So if you're single, raise your hand real quick. Again, every married person that's close to them, I just want you to extend your hand. And I'm going to pray. And we're going to just believe that God, as we pray, we're going to just have a point of contact for all of us in the room. If you're married, man, you know how important this decision is for every one of these single people to make the right choice with the person that God has for them. Let's pray like, like you're praying for one of your children that, that could be married soon. Like you're praying for someone that you love that's going to make a good decision. Come on, I need you praying like that. Let's pray right now. For them. Father, we bless you and thank you for every single person in this room. I thank you for every single person watching online, every single person or every person that's dating in, in the dating pool right now. Father, I just thank you that no weapon formed against them, their lives would be able to prosper. Father, I come against every trap and snare that the enemy is trying to set in every fictitious situation, every situation that's not you. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would close the door. Lord, I pray for the person that's kicking the can 
hand down the road, trying to make some relationship work, trying to make something work, Father, that is meant to die. Father, I pray you give them the confidence right now to let it die in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, right now that you're bringing new relationships and new people into their lives, Father God. I thank you for the newness of relationships that you're about to restore unto them. Lord, I thank you for the confidence that they will have in you to find the right person for their lives. I thank you that anyone you bring in their lives will not become an idol. I thank you that anyone that you bring in their lives will not become a God in their lives. I thank you, Father, that they will continue to prioritize you and put you first. I thank you, Father, that they're going to take their time when they find the person that you think is for them, and they're going to ask the right questions, and they're going to ask you, and they're going to talk to you, and they're going to pay attention to all the warning signs to make sure they're asking and proceeding with caution. I bless you and thank you for the wisdom to date, the wisdom to find the right person. Lord, the wisdom to wait. If that's the season you have us in right now, if you want us to wait and heal, let us do that. Whatever it is you're speaking to us in this service, I pray we would have enough conviction to leave here and execute on what you spoke to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout amen. Come on, you can do better than that. Wow, 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 wow. I love this church, guys. I love this church. Stay right there. Stay standing. I want to pray a blessing over all of us before we leave this building. I just believe in blessing our people before we leave. I just believe that your week that's coming is going to be so incredibly blessed. There's going to be great doors that's going to open before you because you're here seeking first the kingdom of God. You're starting your week off right. Listen, before you got the Super Bowl, you got to the house of God. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did it right. And so I just believe that people who are seeking God and people who are chasing him, when you do it right, I believe that God blesses you right. So just raise your hands as a sign of I receive. I want to speak a blessing over the people of God. Father, I thank you for great blessings invading their lives. I thank you that goodness and mercy shall follow them all the days of their life. Father, I pray the blessing of Abraham, that multiplication anointing that fell in Abraham's life. I pray he would fall on the people in this room and watching online, Father. I thank you, Father. God for open doors that no man can shut this week. I thank you for closing doors that no man can open this week. Lord, I thank you, Father God, that greater is coming into their lives. Increase is coming into their lives. Financial prosperity is coming in their lives. And I thank you that you desire to bless your people richly. I pray that they have enough courage to receive your blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout amen. Come on, you can do better than that. Amen. We love you guys so much. Oh, one more thing. This Wednesday, we have prayer at 6.30 a.m. We haven't been announcing it. I just want to make sure you guys know every Wednesday we pray, 6.30 a.m. You can find the link on our social media or on our website. We love you guys. Courageous Church! We'll see you guys on Sunday. Thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel to hear more messages like this one. If you like what you heard, please share with your family and friends. Don't forget to connect with us on our website at CourageousChurch.online. Courageous Church. Courageous People.